just get pucks deep, you know, play the corners hard, see if good things will happen for us. Yep, we're back. Justition at 74. It's been a while. We got the full crew back here. Joined by Toods and Derek. It's been quite a while. Derek just on a, a tremendous little golfing expedition, a little vacation down there in, uh, what was that, the Carolinas? Hilton Head, South Carolina. Hilton Head. Nice. Did you rip it up? I did that. You mentioned something you went pretty low. I wouldn't say pretty low. Oh, no, 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 no. No, that's just my headache talking. You almost got a fucking ace, you said. Yeah, it was the closest one that I had to an ace. Little, uh, little eight iron action. Drew it in real nicely. Got it within five feet. Didn't didn't three putt it. Ended up with a birdie. So overall, good day. But go. yeah, closest one I'd actually say that was pretty. You know, actually heading towards it and on pace for it. But we'll get it eventually. We'll get it eventually. Absolutely. Got to have that faith, right? Yeah. If you hear any weird noises, everybody, I'm sorry. We're filming. We're here. We're in the new spot. You're not going to see very much of it because it is nowhere near done yet. But um, there, you can get a little glimpse of it. It's very telling, I know. <laughs> very telling for those watching on YouTube. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, it's a work in progress. It's We're super excited. But, uh, yeah, got to make some skins after this. So wanted to rip it here jump right into it, get shit rolling. But um, yeah, I'm realizing something as I'm sitting here before we jump into a couple topics I know we wanted to cover. I need your guys' thoughts. I see, I got a lady right here. She's parked, she got her ass parked in traffic between two cars and she's riding a bike. Now, I know laws say that bikes are motor vehicles, right? And they should ride it with and into traffic and all that. I think that is one of the stupidest goddamn rules. One of the dumbest things ever. Um, it drives me nuts. I get into debates with people all the time about this. I just don't get it. Am I, am I the only one here thinking that bikes should either be on the sidewalk or they should be on the side of traffic where it's coming directly at you, not where traffic is just 100%. There needs to be a bike lane. And if there's no bike lane, you better be able to keep up with the speed limit or I have no patience for you. All right. Well, I yeah. sympathize because I'm a biker. So I, uh, I, I have no, this is good though. before. No, so. like I, I get it, but it's like, so I guess for example, right. Cause this happened to me actually uh, earlier today, Benny um, was driving through the neighborhood and uh -huh. was heading out to grab some lunch. And the same thing happened where a car was going, coming at me from the other direction. And there's a biker in front of me and I couldn't go around because obviously there's cars coming the oncoming lane, but there's literally no walkers on the sidewalk. So like, if that's me and I'm on a bike, which I do periodically, I just, I notice there's a car behind me and I duck over onto the sidewalk quickly. And then after a car goes by, if there's nothing behind, I duck back into the road or whatever but i just i don't understand that it's like you're gonna you're gonna bike it 10 miles an hour and just hold up the entire flow of traffic like get out of the way and then you i got i would think anytime even for a little bit when i've ridden a bike on the side of the road where i'm going with traffic not against it that constant repetitive anxiousness of is this the time someone's gonna clip me from behind and i can do nothing about it because i can't fucking see you 
Whereas if you're on the other side, I, if you're driving like a maniac and it looks like you're going to clip me, I can get up on the sidewalk, do a little bunny hop, or I can just duck it in the ditch, live the fight another day. Over on that side, no chance. No chance. It's a tough debate, as always. I just, I, the way that I, the, the sidewalk debate, though, gets thrown out the window right when you have to, like, here's an instance. You, you, you're biking down good old Elmwood, and you're, you're, you're biking on the sidewalk of Elmwood and Chippewa. And some little mm-hmm. child walks around the corner, and you're cooking at 20 miles an hour. And I have no chance of stopping. So that's the only problem that I have with the sidewalk thing is when you're like downtown, downtown. Like it's a one thing if you're biking in the suburbs on the sidewalk and stuff like that. And you got like plenty of ample room. But downtown area definitely can't because like I've had plenty of times where someone comes cooking around the corner, you know, and I literally can't see them kind of thing. So that's the only just, reason that I. Uh, you know what, Derek? They shouldn't have been standing there. They probably shouldn't should have been standing there. there. They probably should have. That's that's the thing though, where it's like if I see if there's a bike lane and you're riding and you're on your huffy sitting at the red light, like in line with the cars, you're a loser. You're just a complete loser. I, I will you, say you, though, yeah, just, you're a you're a traffic cone at that point. Just get out of the way. But like I, because there's a bike lane, get in your fucking bike lane. But still, I just think there's got to be a medium between if there's no bike lane and you're in like what Derek said, like that Elmwood or like a city setting where there's lots of people on the sidewalks. Obviously, you don't want to clip a pedestrian, but we get we need some kind of middle ground there. We got to figure that out. The nice thing I will say is is. that uh, that on uh, Delaware, they've repaved it and it's now one lane with a bike lane. And that's the way it should Mm. be. That's the way yeah. it should be all the way. And because like, why do you need two lanes and why do people need to go 45 miles an hour downtown? You're going to kill someone. You are going to kill yeah. someone like oh, yeah. you got to slow it. That's, that's the thing. That's the way that they, um, I've read a lot of stuff too. Cause like, I am curious, like, what is the, like, what's the workaround to that and stuff like that. Yeah. And you know what they're doing and it's happening on Al- Allen street. It happened on, um, it's happening on Allen Street. They're making the streets narrower so that your line of vision is right, is like you are more outwards now. Like you are, because yeah. you're slower, you're driving slower. Whereas if you're driving fast, you're tunnel vision, like straight tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. So you only really have time to look out what's in front of you. Whereas if you slow it down, the whole flow of traffic as a whole, that's why they put permanent, uh, there's permanent parking spots and it's one lane now. So it slows the whole thing down and it makes the streets more narrow, but it opens up your field of view. It's, it's a yeah. weird concept, but it like it, you can see more of what's going on in front of you. If the street is more narrow, as opposed to a four lane hot, you know, four lane road, like you can't keep track of everything that's going around. It's got way more technical than I thought it would. Yeah. Hey, this is this is how we solve problems. We solve we solve societal issues on this show. You got to dig in. I'm always I'm always I'm curious because of like you got to you got to read the rebuttal part of it, too. I mean, it's you you definitely it's always going to be a bias one way or the other. Right. It's the person that bikes everywhere and then it's a person that drives their car everywhere and they're never going to see eye to eye. See, the thing is, though, that's why because like that's why I said I'm weird because like I drive everywhere, but I do enjoy biking and I sympathize for the biker and I live downtown and biked 
places and stuff too. So like mm-hmm. I get both sides of the argument. Like I, I totally get it. Like I, I get equally as frustrated when I'm stuck behind a biker going 10 miles an hour, but see, that's the thing. You're a biker, but you also drive. I think it's, but it's, it's amazing how quick you forget where it's like the, the bike part of your brain when you're driving. It's just like, I just yeah, want to get sure. the fuck mm-hmm. going. But also just, at the same time, I will say from the biker's perspective that there are a lot of bikers that don't know how to ride with etiquette while in traffic. Oh, 100%. And that's what it comes down to, I think, like, like anything. Technically love, blowing, right? like, like, yeah, you're on a situational stop sign, but, like, you're really not supposed to because it creates hesitation for other drivers. And, like, well, if you yeah. want to be respected on the road as a vehicle, like, you have to, like hit the stop sign, look both ways and then go and like, do it just like how it's a vehicle. But some people just blow right through it. Cause they're the bike and they have the right of way. But like this fucking idiot who just went by, he's like, again, he's right in the street, but he no helmet. Like <laughs> you got a death wish at that point. Like that's a motorcycle. He's got to wear a helmet, Yeah, but no Timmy on his Huffy just ripping the mongoose down the road. No, no I will say that I, with, his, I feel with his capris on, he's just whatever. He's just no helmet. It's fine. Let the ponytail fly. That is, that's, that's I don't a get weird it. contradiction there. It's really strange. Shall we transition to, back to some sports after Benny? Yeah. Like, with his hot take. <laughs> yeah, let's move away from Lance Armstrong and into some sports. That's what you should You know what? You know what? This is my last comment, and then we can move on to some other thing. If you're going to ride your bike where there's a bike lane and you're going to ride it like you're a car, you're going to be right in the traffic, you have to dress like Lance Armstrong. I'm talking tight suit. You got to get the helmet going. I, you know, you got to do – you got to sell it. You got to be – a. if you're in a bike, you got to be a real biker. You just go – balls to the wall with it as it were but um yeah i don't know man i just when we started i just saw someone just sitting here in the turning lane like <laughs> it's just like i don't know whatever um anyways derek you did a lot of golfing so it's like we have to go right to some of the drama we have yeah. seen oh, yeah. golf related because it's it is off season it's golf season so we talk about it. So I have been quite busy. I have not been paying attention to the PGA Tour very much. I know our boy Willie Z got his first win. Finally, it literally was in a playoff, and it was a competition to see who wanted to win it less. It was incredible. yeah. Oh yeah, it was. It, it was literally bad. was like both guys were like, "I don't want to win this," and it's just one was a little bit less bad than yeah the it was it was a really incredible. gross playoff trust me it was it was not a not a good not a clean playoff for sure like i mean will z won on an up and down from a drop let's let's state that to begin with so yeah wow yeah <laughs> but hey a win's a win right uh, yeah win i mean yeah guys still collected probably Way more money than i'll ever see probably close to a million dollars probably on the day yeah and, so yeah, but uh, no, good for him. I think it's going to open up the floodgates. Kids, uh, kid, kid just needed. Uh, he's got all the all of the skills there for sure. I mean, it's all there. He just really needed that confidence, I think, just to finally finally finish it out. He just couldn't. He couldn't Get finish. The monkey off his back. Yeah, he just he really couldn't finish. That's pretty much all it was. But you know, it's good for him. And hey, there's there's no better place to to start a winning streak than the playoffs. Do you? 
this is always curious when we i don't know if we've talked about this exactly like what is that though is that like because i know it's easy to compare because from when we grew up right mostly for us everything is tiger woods right it's like how he won so much so quickly from such a young age right when he like arrived basically Mm -hmm. it's like so do you do you think that really hin like does that really impact expectations we have for these other guys or is it just i think that will had so many like top fives and was so close so many times and just like it squeaked away from him i don't think tiger impacts the way we look at the other guys because i think we're far enough removed from his dominance in like the early to mid 2000s where we've already kind of recognized that we aren't seeing that level of dominance from anyone else and it makes you appreciate what he did even more because you're like holy shit nobody's really ever dominated their sport individually like that for that long Um, but i think what what it does is it shows how difficult the mental side of the game is, right? So someone like Zalatoris, like he's been in these playoffs and he's been in these big moments, big tournaments, top fives, strong, strong showings in majors and not getting over the hump on Sunday afternoon has been tough for him. And golf is so different than anything else, right? It's so not that other sports aren't mental, but in golf, nobody's bringing someone in to help you out, right? It's just you. If you're struggling, you got to figure it out. Like there's no, you can't sub somebody in if you're, you know, in hockey, you, you get your line change, you know, whatever. Yeah. You don't, you don't get that in golf. So you got to battle through it and you're thinking about it when it's the last few holes of a competitive golf match. And you know, you know, I've made this four foot putt 600 times before and all those things, but you know, it's different. Your palms are sweating. You're a little bit, you know, more tentative with it. You're thinking about it too much and it's tough. A guy like tiger, he did it so many times. It was easy. Right. And things just kind of, flowed for him in those moments and he actually got better in those moments that's mm. that's rare man everyone else or for most of your your average golfers and even professionals they get in those moments you feel that pressure and most people don't play better under those circumstances so maybe it'll be better for him now moving forward now that he knows he's done it uh, but i'm sure that before looking especially at his reaction i'm sure he was thinking about it walking up to that green to make that putt where he knew if i miss this again it's here we go it's all over again yeah you can tell where it's like i feel like a lot of like if you were to ask a lot of these players any sport most of the time right unless you're kevin durant like are you listening or reading what people say and they'll they'll brush it off but if they're sure, not, sure they, they got are. people around them. Yeah, they're doing it a little bit at least. But at, at least you got people in, on your team and in your camp that are like, hey, did you see what so-and-so said or did you see what the, the, they posted? Like, you're, you're seeing that stuff. Like, you feel the pressure. It's, it's all 
it's a it's a big thing. As soon as someone like Zalatoris for a while now, before you know he just won, obviously, if he's in the top ten or the top five after day one or two, it's like, can he finally break through? Like it's just it's gonna come up. It's gonna I mean, be psyche. Look at Lee Westwood, right? For the longest time, everyone's like, Oh, Westwood's one of the best golfers ever to not win a major. And it's like he knows that he's pretty much getting to the end of his career and everyone just looks at him as wow that's the guy that had the talent and couldn't do it yeah. like you know and it's it sucks but like they all know that you know what people are saying about him and i don't know you you can't convince me that people that people don't but you know yeah. some some people it's bulletin board material other people don't work like that yeah Have you have your schools of thought right where it's like you feel like a guy like Lee Westwood pays attention to that and he thinks about the legacy. I mean, why would he still be? Because he could be on the senior tour at this point, couldn't he? Or is he pretty close? Well, he's living up now, but. Well, yeah, but that's what I mean. He's like, he still has good finishes. He's made a shit ton of money. Like, oh, yeah, those, yeah. Living. Like, so he strikes me as he's like a legacy thing where we talk about it with certain players. You can kind of see where it's like, and we've talked about this before where it's like, yeah, it's, I'm, I love golf. I'm a professional golfer, but it's still a job. Yeah. 100%. You know, it's like the people that, that fucking trash like Juan Soto because he turned down 15 years, 400 something million, right? The baseball player. It's just like, when are people going to fucking learn? Like if, if it's, it's, it's not about the money. Like they all, I feel like people always make it about the money. The Nationals, yes, he won a World Series there. The team stinks. They suck. I love betting whoever is playing the Nationals. I don't know shit about baseball. It's just <laughs> statistically it's what you got to do. And, I think. You know, it's just like stuff like that. It's like I don't get – I still don't get that they're – after all this access we have to these players, social media, all this the film stuff, the – videos we could see the, the insight that we didn't have for so long in the existence of sports in this country and beyond right it's like you don't get to that level if it's just about the money like it's there's something more to it for some people and some people it's just about the money yeah i think you know, i don't know i think yes and no i think there's some people that honestly probably not that they don't like the sport they play but they wouldn't play it if they didn't have to for for work, let's call it, right? I mean, there's plenty of people out there that it's like, that's their job, right? Whether And whether they didn't love it, but they were really good at it, or doing it professionally took some of that love away. Some guys, and I'd say most guys, probably never lose that love for the game, right? We've talked to a lot of athletes on this show who have played, you know, hockey or um, – you know, whatever sport at a high level and it's seat in soccer and, you know, starting their own ventures. And those people, I didn't get an inkling from any of them that they really lost any love for the game. You know, if anything, they gained an appreciation, but there are some other people that I've talked to that they kind of look at it the opposite. And they're like, you know what, when it becomes your job, it's not fun anymore. And some people yeah. just kind of have that mentality, right? I've talked to some golfers, even some club pros that aren't on the tour that I've played with. You know, they've 
a couple of them, I used to have to try to pull teeth to get them to come out on the golf course with me. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You're a PGA professional. Don't you love this? And they're like, I do this shit all day long. I'm talking to people about golf. I work at the golf course 10 hours a day. The last thing I want to do when I have a day off is come to the golf course. <laughs> and it's, yeah. and it's, it's true, but people don't think about that, right? If you're a chef, you don't go home and cook. Like it was, I always used to crack up the, the chef at the golf course I used to work with. It'd be like, oh, which people would be like, oh, what do you do for dinner? Like when you get home and they'd ask his wife, like, oh, does he make this stuff at home? And she's like, no, he stops at McDonald's on the way home. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, you think I'm going to stand in this 120 degree kitchen and cook for you guys all day and then go home and make myself a meal? Like, screw that. I'm not touching my own kitchen. Like, yeah. you know, and it's just, I think that's a lot of context that people don't have, right? It's like, you know, I, don't, I log off of my day job and I'm not doing that stuff at night. So right, it's, uh, it's a balance and, you know, I, I'll never fault anyone for, for walking away from money for the love of the game, but I'll also never fault anyone for taking the money, uh, you know, over a chance to maybe win a championship or something like that everyone's different. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer to it. That's fair. Derek, you were going to chime in there. I think you got cut off a little bit. What were you saying? Oh, no, I was just saying like how, like, just like the, you know, the mental, you know, before I got booted out of here, but uh, the <laughs> mental aspect is just like, uh, it really is. I think I, it, an aspect of the game that people don't always think about. Like everyone is always talking about like, Oh, you know, he's super good at driving the ball or his contact, or he's the best striking, you know, player on tour. And it's like, well, there's nothing to measure, you know, mental toughness basically. So it's like, and I think the only way to really do that is like guys who are close and who have finished in those top five, top 10 positions and who just can't get it done. The ones who get it done and the ones who can't, like Lee Westwood might be one of the better older golfers out there, but mentally he might be lacking in that just because he can't get over that hump to finish it, you know, finish it out. But I, one know. of one of my personal favorites, the one everyone loves to rip on the last two years is Ricky Fowler. Yeah. Ricky, I mean, yeah. Ricky's, Ricky is as good at golf on any given day as almost anyone in the world. But he's had a tough stretch the last couple of years, and mm -hmm. people rip on him for it. And I don't know what's going on between the years there, but you know, I hope he's Spieth, just having Spieth fun out the there same. and you Spieth know playing well. Way. But it's uh, you know, it's tough, man. I mean, these, some of these guys, it's it's a grind. It's that's tough, but and some guys and some guys like you know hot i guess like hot streak or stardom really only you know it lasts certain you know certain more than other other guys you know like like look look how much we had scotty you know how how much scotty scheffler was shoved on our throats at the beginning of the season and now he's like he's been playing kind of shitty lately like he's been finishing like like middle of the pack he's been making the cuts don't get me wrong but like in comparison to what he was, I mean, it's guys, it's streaks, it's streaky. You can't, you can't be at the top of your game like all the time, unless you're literally Tiger Woods. And there's a reason why there's only one or two players that have ever been like that. And it's literally so hard to do is to keep that mental, you know, that mental side 
laser focused all the time. It's like, great, you can keep your body up to shape as much as you want and shit, but like you can't, if, if, if the mental side of it's not there, it's not there. And it's also like, and I think a lot of people don't take into account, like a lot of the off the, off the course stuff that those golfers have to deal with, you know, like stress from families. I mean, like think about like a, a touring golfer with a family, how often do they really see a family, their family, you know, unless they're actually, yeah. unless that family, Athletes on, in general. unless that family like at least tour from them. But like, I mean, but just yeah. in, just in terms. Um, no, what I was going to say, not to cut you off, Derek, but like it's all athletes. Right. But if for certain like other sports, like you get a home stint, like you get a stretch of home games for a while, like golf. It's like, yeah. there isn't a, Oh, no, no, and you're yeah, all over the place. Like literally, yeah. Like literally, like think about. Okay, so they play. They're they play Thursday through Sunday. Yep. Monday is a travel day. Tuesday they might go home, depending on where they're at in the world and where their like their home technically is. So there's already that. Wednesday is a practice round, and they're probably some of them are still flying in early on or getting there late Tuesday night. And Wednesday's a practice round, hitting the range, so a full day. Thursday's a full day, Friday, full day, Saturday, full day, Sunday, full day. And then you're right back into it for the next one. Like, it doesn't stop. It really, it, like, you have no downtime. You have two days yeah. of downtime. And, like, what are you supposed to do in that downtime? Like, you have to get your mind right, so you have to, like, do nothing for two days. Like, and then you're, like, managing a family on top of that, sponsorships, all this other stuff, you know, like, well, I give those guys and they're one man shows. They're one man shows. There's not a team behind them. There's not another superstar, you know, like they, everyone's, everyone's looking at you for the answers of, you know, when are we working? When are we doing this? Like what's, what's going on kind of thing. So I, a lot of people, I don't think take into account the mental aspect and how much that weighs on those guys, like, you know, every single day and how laser and you guys know being golfers, like, to play an average round of golf, how laser focused you have to be. And if that focus goes away, you literally are like, it, it's gone. You know what I mean? Like think about whole 18 when you've had a couple beers in you, you're good for fucking nothing. You know, oh yeah. Are, think about hole three when Benny has you shotgun a high noon on the second tee box at yeah, eight o'clock okay. in the morning. Yeah, exactly. So there you go. Like, like you could have said, how, it all. how are you going to, and, and, <laughs> And I gotta and I gotta I gotta chip and make a birdie with this. And by the way, speaking of chips, are you really gonna not rip one when we had two back to back chip ins on the same hole? Hole one to start that round. Yeah. You're no, not gonna send true. one? That's okay. true. I rest my case. But uh you we know, gotta do that again. We have we we still have uh, us three and plus get a plus one. We have not played a fucking round of golf this year. I know. Yeah. That's how insane the schedules are. Life gets busy, man. It's crazy. Like, I feel like we yeah. blinked and it's already August, what, 16th? Yeah, um, I feel like I blinked and, like, everyone's getting, you know, getting Frank from Cheek to Waga just calling up, not liking what he saw in the, the training camp tape for the Bills. Yeah, I know. As soon as training camp rolls in, that's, like, when you know yeah. that, it, like, it's kind of fucking over. Yeah. yeah, but like right now too for Bills fans, like training camp could not be less interesting. He's, I don't even know because I can't. Yeah. Like I, I mean, re- realistically, this year the only position battle going on is punter. 
Uh, running back, maybe. Yeah, maybe, but like they got every team now has two running backs. Like, I mean, yeah, no, I know, but like depth corner. The corner. I, I guess it's this year really for us. All it is is rookies. Like finding out how rookies are kind of holding up and stuff like that, and just like. But other than that, you're right, Tudor. There's really you're not like. Yeah, I mean, which like, hey, that's that's a, think good, about it. that's a good position oh, to yeah, be I'm in if you're a franchise, right? I mean, I'm sitting over here being like, all right, what the hell's going on? Hey, like, I put twenty bucks on a fucking preseason game the other day. That's how confident I was feeling. I mean, <laughs> my buddy put fifty, like a psychopath. It's like you're a fucking crazy man. Like, why would you do that? It's like preseason game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who'd they play? They played the Colts in our second line. I mean, I didn't get to watch it. I was traveling home, unfortunately, but and I'm glad that I didn't because I would have had to sweat it out until the fourth quarter with a f- game winning field goal. Like, I mean, my buddy was texting me the whole time and he was giving me the updates. So like he definitely sweat that one out, and it was the first game of the season. I don't know if I wanted to start off that way. I just tossed it yeah. on there and let it let it roll, see what we ended up winning. But uh, yeah, I don't do any of the, the the preseason. I actually, I lied. I placed one on the Cleveland Browns because they were plus money against I think Jacksonville, and I was like, oh my what? god, yeah, it was it was plus one hundred, and I had a couple. I, mean, I was looking and also. With some, I had a couple, I had three baseball picks I liked, so I just I couldn't find any other ones, so didn't force it. I was like, oh yeah, there's some preseason games on. Let's see if I can find anything here. The Browns are plus money against Jack. I do. I will say that like I was gonna stay away, but then I found the Bills at minus one ten, and I was like, gotta be kidding me! Come on, yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, I think the bills, I think the bills could be a trap bet for a lot of people this year. It's good. It's all going to be in the numbers, right? They're going like to be, exactly. They're going to be a trap because they're going to be favored a lot of times by maybe a touchdown or a little more. So if they get themselves in some tight games where maybe they win by a field goal, I think they could have a good record but I think they could be a trap bet for a lot of people because oh. they might not cover some of the spreads if they're bigger. Oh, I, I can already see myself being that guy who's going to sweat them out where I'm going to pick the – I'm going to bet the other team on where if you get those seven and a hooks kind yeah. of shit. Like, That's what it yeah. is. Like you get that you yeah. get that spread. It's like, all right, even if you yeah. lose by – you know, even if you lose by a touchdown, sometimes you can still win the bet. So it's like – the, the um, Bills could be a tough team to pick this year just based on yeah. the spreads. I'm a, smart, yeah. I'm a smart Bills fan. It's it's money line or nothing. You See, I you, think you, you can't play the spread with those I, guys. I'm always a fan of, and I try not to break this rule very often. If I do, it's usually in like a teaser to get the point spreads down, but I typically will not bet on my favorite team. So whether if it's a Steelers game or a Penguins game, I'll bet NFL, but I typically try to stay away from those games just because I know that I'm not going to take the emotion out of the bet, even if I think I'm looking at it objectively, where with any other team in the league, I think I can look at it pretty objectively and just pick like, who do I think is going to win today? But anytime you're betting on your favorite team, it's, it's tough to look at it realistically and not just place a bet with your heart. 
Oh, I trust me. I, mm -hmm. I completely get that. And that's why I think I've already kind of told myself going into it, like I'm staying away from like outright, like winning with the bills this year. Like if I feel confident, I'll money line it, but stay away from the spread because those games still, like you said, can get down to it. And we saw it last year too. There were some really close games that I don't want to get trapped in. Realistically, I'm going to be hunting lines for like over unders of like yardage and stuff like that. Like, mm -hmm. Oh, they think Josh is only going to throw like two times like today. Like I'm going to, yeah, you're one of those psychos. I'm going to, I'm going to prop at that. Yeah. Well, well, props now when they're, when, now that they're on like actual sports books, like, you know, you're not doing them through a bookie and shit. Like prop bets can get interesting. I got, yeah, well, I got then, burned. I got burned by a Gabe Davis prop, uh, uh, two seasons ago. And I've, Stayed away from NFL props since. See, that's where I've won most of my money. The question is my the, props and over unders on bets on, on overall score. The question here is are we going to see John Tudor start gambling again? Oh, yeah. I'm already coming out of retirement. Oh, I've, baby. I've decided, it's official. I, I've decided I'm coming out of retirement. Well, you get to Hold on, what time is this? 33 minutes. We got to pop that in there because that's going to get posted. Everybody yeah. drop some comments for Tudor for week one. What should he bet? Because he's going to – the Toots Tux is going to come back. That was a segment we never really got oh, to throw boy. out here on the airwaves. I am fired up. Yeah, I will. I will. If we, if we make that a regular thing, I will. I will ride in solidarity on those ones. Honestly, yeah. like I, we'll yeah, turn some. We'll get something going for this season for sure. I think. I'm, I think uh, I have to hammer the college football too. I think I have to. Well, college football, right, is actually my favorite to bet one because college fo college football Saturdays are maybe the greatest thing in sports betting because. When you live on the East Coast, you wake up, you have your breakfast, you throw college game day on, you start looking at the slate, you're picking what games you think look good, and then you've got those shitty Big Ten games that are going to have like 16 punts, and the score is going to be like 13 to 6, and that kind of gets your feet wet for the day, right? Then 3.30, a little bit of a bigger game. Just some SEC action, you know, some some good stuff going on there. Eight o'clock, you know, ESPN, you get your heavy hitters in there. Those games are always fun. Obviously, nationally televised, you always have good high, um, you know, highly ranked matchups. And then the key boys, the key to college football Saturdays are the midnight kickoff Hawaii games. When you go into those games you have two options. You either hammer Hawaii because you've lost all day and you're chasing your loss, or you hammer Hawaii because you've won all day and you're trying to double down. But either way, you're hammering Hawaii. Now, question, now question Tudor, are, are we, are we uh, ladder, ladder betting these, this format? Like, are we taking our winnings and like just throwing them on everything else here? Or what are, are you uh, not that crazy? Derek, I don't come here to make 20 bucks. <laughs> I love it. I I, I feel I just, like I, I, right I now I'm sitting here. I'm sorry. I'm cutting off, but I just, I feel like I'm sitting here and like when like, I feel like I'm Robin and Batman said like, I'm taking some time off and he was gone for two years and he's back. <laughs> he's back, baby. Yeah, no, I think the other reason too, that I like college football so much is obviously growing up in Western New York, right? 
UB is better now, but it's still Mac football, which don't get me wrong. I love some action, but it's not power five football. And like nobody really growing up, especially because they were not good. Like nobody in Western New York was really a big college football fan or like I didn't have anyone in my family that went to a big university. So I have no tie to them. I've never had a favorite college football team. I just enjoy betting on the games and watching them. So to me, that makes it 10 times more fun to bet because I don't give a shit who wins the game on Saturday other than who Whoever I, I bet. It's who yeah. I bet on. That's it. Yeah. And I have, have to, uh, no other emotion in college football other than that, and it makes me so happy because have I to, just uh, have fun. You're going to have to take it off the book if you want to bet on the Bulls, though, buddy. That lovely, stupid-ass New York State law of that you cannot bet on the same uh, in-state. You you can't bet on any university in-state. So, like, Rutgers is out. um, UB out. No, Rutgers is Jersey. They're good. Rutgers is Jersey? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So really, the only the only college football teams that UB are and like Q's is you can't UB yeah you Q's, yeah. so you can't you can't bet on either of those. Um, yeah, it's and fine. also that is such a New York State rule. Mm-hmm. That is and also New York State. Let me let me add on to it too. Um, New York State also doesn't let you put prop. I wish you guys could have seen uh, college this guy run across the street. Sorry, Derek. That was. <laughs> They don't let you no. put prop bets on college. No, no college, no college prop yeah. bets in in New York State either. So like that Prize Picks app, it gives you like in New York State, it'll give me like lines for like basketball. Like I, they were giving shit out for March Madness left and right, and I couldn't bet on it at all because um, you can't uh, you can't take college player prop bets in New York State for some no, I don't weird bet, ass reason. I don't bet player props, especially in college, typically, but. It is astounding how many how many kids I've screamed at the TV over the years in college athletics calling for their scholarships to be revoked because they can't hit their free throws. <laughs> hey, I mean, I uh, I'm right there with you. I I agree. Yeah. I agree. But uh, this is this is wonderful news here, Tudor. I'm excited yeah. to be back yeah, alongside you. That's our breaking this, news yeah. for today. By the way, boys, October eighth. Circle it on your calendar right now. All right. I'm ready to get hurt again. October 8th, we're doing the annual Texas's back bet against Oklahoma on the Red River. I <laughs> All right. This we'll shit, this shit burns me every year, and I do it anyway. I'm gonna, I'm gonna on, what, what is it? You bet on the Texas-Oklahoma game every year? I just I, every years. year every year yeah. I have a game where I'm just like you know what Texas is back and I just hammer the Longhorns, um, and yeah <laughs> even so, no matter how bad they doesn't are. doesn't matter I just Texas is back, <laughs> um, and I hammer the Longhorns. It's like an annual tradition, and I just get burned, and then I tell myself I'm never going to do it again, Here's and then the thing, I do it. We're gonna talk this up. We're going to talk this up. We're going to be saying, listen, green light it. It's a green light. Texas is back. We're going to see if we get Matthew McConaughey to jump on this. And we'll get him on the show. If Maybe we get can, enough love for the Texas. I got his book back right back. behind me on the show. Maybe so. we can make it enough of a movement that we end up uh, pushing the lines. The worst was, I think it was two years ago, um, Matt. Could you imagine if we if we sandbagged a line like that where we just oh, got it to move and then we just, we just absolutely hammered the other side when we got it under a full field goal? 
just all kinds of advantageous shit. Uh, anyways, dudes, I cut you off. Yeah, no, the last time the last time we did Texas, Oklahoma, um, my friend Matt Bayer, friend of the program that we've had on uh, before, he uh, he and I were out on the golf course with his dad and his dad's buddy in the fall. Nice fall day, getting around a golf in like September, October, and him and I have the game cast up on both of our phones. Like one of them's game cast. One of them's like streaming the game in our golf cart going from like hole to hole. I remember his dad looks back and he's like, what are you guys doing? And we're like, we got Texas and we're in overtime. (laughs) So many different times. I think like Texas ended up like scoring a touchdown to win it or something, but it got called back. And then Oklahoma ended up winning just something ridiculous. And we're out on the golf course, losing our minds. And honestly, I don't know how you could enjoy sports more than you do in those moments. I really don't. And to me, gambling, 99% of the time, it's not even about the money. It's the camaraderie to me. It's yeah, these conver- it. it's these conversations. It's texting your buddies on a Saturday night watching college football. You know, you might all live in different cities, but you're sweating out the same bet because you all decided that morning you're going to ride it together. That's what it's all about. I like the standing in solidarity. That's that's, like, that's what it is to me, man. It's it's so much a social thing yeah. where it gets you fired up because you're doing something with your friends, whether they're near or far. You could be sitting at the bar with them. You could be, you know, all the way across the country. It doesn't matter. You still ride. I will say that the Everybody January, rides. the January, February of football, like when it first came in and I was having to clear $300 from Caesars and I was just throwing ridiculous amounts of money on stupid shit. And I won like a hundred dollars off of live betting te- tennis sets, like at like tell, two o'clock in the morning. Like I'll tell you this. That was my, like the, some of the most like rivet, like, like exhilarating times this past year was literally just like throwing money on stupid shit. Like I, like the Chargers, I bet at halftime the over on the Chargers Raiders game, and they covered it on in like the last play of the game. And it was, and they covered a bunch of other stuff too. That was like the most fun I've had watching a football game. And it literally didn't. And actually, I wanted it to end in a tie because it would have been the best ending. That was that game where both of them would have made it into the playoffs if they just oh, yeah, finished yeah, yeah. the game out. So like it would have been in a great game. It would have been a great game either way, no matter what way it turned out. But I ended up winning a bunch of money off of it either way. So yeah, boys, we're gonna we're gonna be doing uh, Toots is back. I'm still I'm I'm jumping in my chair right now. <laughs> this is gonna be this is gonna be good stuff for the show. Dudes, you good haven't even redeemed boys. your your uh, your first offers yet, right? Like I don't even the have the books? apps. I don't have the apps downloaded, oh, but I got I got a couple a, I got a couple numbers I can send some picks to, don't you worry. You, uh, there you go. You uh you uh you got it you got it made. You got all the free plays still left for you. I didn't even realize too cuz I I never did those when they came out in New York state was that is it whenever you sign up you get the bonuses or was well, that run, like a limited run, time thing? It's a limited time thing, but they've been re-upping it every like just wait until football comes around and like first week, I'm sure every single sports book will be offering something ridiculous. Oh dude, even right before college the week college football starts, mm-hmm. they're gonna be even the week. Yeah, before, it'll probably be like that like it'll probably be the like I'm sure it'll be under the lines of like bet ten dollars on either side and if one scores a 
touchdown, like you'll win 150 bucks or something in free right. play kind of thing. And then you just they just a free play or, kind of. So. Or they just still do like a deposit match, like that kind of thing. So, uh, there's all kinds of shit. I would, the deposit match isn't bad, isn't a bad option, but if they can give you a like a guaranteed like uh, bet on either side kind of thing, which they usually do, and like it'll be a little less money guaranteed, but like you at least are guaranteed that you're winning a hundred bucks or something. You know what's totally, you know what's totally gonna happen too, is this fall winter league's gonna start up again for uh, for hockey. And Benny and I are going to be riding the same games, and we'll have our phones on the bench, and we'll just be, <laughs> we'll be taking ten second shifts so we can get back to the bench and check the live streams. Yeah, I'll bring it on the ice with me. I don't care. Just tuck it in, tuck it in your glove, and check it at I'll the just, whistles. I'll just tell. I'll be like, "Hey, Luke, Luke," or I'll tell Hop, Hop, go up. I'm playing D this shift, so I can just swipe, and then I got this going on. Yeah, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe that's. Maybe that's the last thing to wrap up with is friend of the program, just friend of the brand, just unbelievable. David Hopfer coming out of ice hockey retirement to join our team this winter. I could not be more excited. Um, it's probably the single greatest free agency period I have had as a recruiter. Um, not only did I land a top tier defenseman, I got a top tier forward in sweet Billy boy Schaefer who will be joining the squad as well. We are going to be loaded. We are going to have a, a fucking time and a half in that locker room and it's only going to leak over to the ice. It's just, you it's, are, you guys are tempting me to go. I have to, the, the thing that's keeping me back from going back full time is, I have to unfortunately buy like a whole new set of equipment because of our the fucking fire damage. Everything just yeah. smells like smoke when I it doesn't smell like it when it's normal, but as soon as I get nice and sweaty inside of it, oh, it's it comes back. Yeah, terrible. It smells like I'm inside of a matchbox. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, so gotta, and 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 you know how expensive equipment is right now. Oh yeah, I just I gotta buy a new twig because I. Broke that last night. Yeah. Oh, I need yeah. By the way, we can we can wrap up with that. But um, shout out to Benny for being an absolute warrior through this podcast last night. This dude got straight up, just looked like Scott Stevens hit him in, in the middle of the ice last night. Just some. I didn't fall. Like some, I didn't even fall. No, no. Some, <laughs> come yeah. on now. No, some bozo comes over and literally just comes in. Shoulder to chin on Benny, just straight to the side of his head, face yeah, like everything. Kid comes, kid comes off the ice, sits sits on the bench, catches his breath for a little bit. You know, Keeler and I go over, and make sure he's all right. We go out to the next face off, and we're playing on the wings. And uh, Benny Benny lines up for the face off, but he's facing the wrong direction. <laughs> we were like, "Are you?" We were like, "Are you good?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm good." We hop the boards, we go out there, and he goes to take the face off. Dude on the other team taps him on the ass, and he's like, "Hey, other side." <laughs> uh, it was, uh, in fairness, I got so everybody listening, especially my father. We got a registered nurse as a goaltender. I got the check. All right, I went through it. <laughs> 
All good. We put them through All concussion clear. protocol. I was just, when I was just, my ears were ringing because I just got a shoulder inserted into my eardrum. I didn't hear the buzzer go off. So, well, last time I was on the ice, it was at the end of the second period. So, I, you know, oh, when okay. I get back so on was, there. That was left out of there. It, was, it, it wasn't because I was. Yeah, it doesn't, it it's doesn't not make the I was, story better. Yeah, it's it's fine. No, I gotta I gotta cover yeah. my bases here. I don't want people, you know, worried for my well being. We're got all good. Bell, got your bell rung, um, mortal. Yeah. Then he went to but I, I, probably had a Hattie an hour later. Uh, yeah. Well, I think you're leaving out one part of you know we got we oh, didn't yeah. have a good game. He scored a team. breakaway goal after that. Benny literally <laughs> was Paul Correa last night. No, nah, so there you go. <laughs> and I went and I had I think I had three apple. I went bar down and uh and roller. We just we shit pumped them. We got the we got our keepers first shutout of the year in the first round of the playoffs. So, so that's good. It's always good to see uh good to see that pop up for the for the keeper. But uh Lovely. yeah. Rollers roller's been an interesting ride. It's my first season playing roller there, but I don't care if it's ball hockey, I don't care if it's knee hockey. You 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 catch a pass. On your backhand, as you're streaking between two D-men, not only do you have guys on your team that are big enough beauties to get that on your stick, and then you just quick tap her for it a bar down. That feels good anywhere. doesn't matter where you're playing. True that. All right, boys. We can wrap it up. Um, I'm My head is still spinning, and it's not from the shoulder to the fucking side of the head. It is because John Tudor is back this fall. Drop we're gonna have some. We're gonna be dropping picks left and right. We're gonna end up. We're, we're gonna. We're gonna get a promo code from one of these fucking sports books. Maybe even we'll get a bookie to do his own promo code. We'll see how quick that'll last, or how long that'll last. Get bookies advertising their own <laughs> to try and keep up with these real books. Um, but uh, we're going to responsibly uh, bet some money here. We're going to have some good picks. It's going to be a fun fall season coming up. Responsibly, um, irresponsibly, whatever. Yeah, whatever you want to do. It's your life. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, yeah, exactly. Everybody, thanks so much for listening. As always, we appreciate the love and the support. We will be back next week for another brand new episode. Have a good rest of the week, everybody. We'll see you.